All right, y'all, what's going on? This is Aaron here with my uh, brother and business partner, Kevin Jenkins Jr., bringing you guys another Power Leadership Movement podcast episode. Um, Kevin, can you once again just tell the people what power is, what power means? Yeah, hello, everyone. Um, Once again, we are positive orators working to engineer effective results. And this is something that we're bringing you week by week with these episodes and as we've alluded to um, on previous episodes we will be starting our morning power up series that will also bring some quick morning motivation to each of our listeners Um, so these are some things that are to come Um, we've been getting some very good feedback from the listeners so we want to thank you um, for listening providing the feedback and please continue to listen and share with someone whose life may be impacted by these words of wisdom that we're sharing. So last week we had an episode um, regarding organizing the environment around you. And we brought up some very interesting topics where the the main one was just how Aaron, you know, purchased his home and it was basically on some unstable, unfertile ground where he wasn't able to, you know, truly garden in the literal sense. And we use some um, analogies to saying how a lot of people, um, they build their their fortress or their upbringing is based on some unfertile soil. And despite all of that, you're still able to get to a point of building, growing, succeeding, yet it may take a little more work. And we realized that one of the things where Aaron, you know, looking back, saw that there was, you know, a little bit of, you know, a a judgment mistake because there was a little bit of a jump the gun type of theory where he bought the house but didn't do all of the groundwork necessary. But one of the key things um, going towards the end of that episode that we did talk about was organizing the environment around you when it comes to the people and the circle of people that you have that are around you. So this could be just from a friendship standpoint, but also very key from a a growth or business standpoint. Who are the people within your inner circle or even the people that you loosely associate yourself with that are influencing you, that are sharing time with you that you're not able to get back? And how is that impacting you as a leader and impacting you as an overall individual? So Aaron, you know, and, and your, your time and take as a leader, and I know um, for you, a lot of times dealing with the youth and, you know, just working in a professional environment, how is that group that you allow within that inner circle able to influence or deter you from growing and getting to the goals that you're put forth for yourself. I mean, your company, the company you, you keep will help dictate where you move in a positive or negative way. Uh, we spoke last week about evaluating people as assets or liabilities. And it's so simple to say it, but it's hard to do because it really causes you to do a, a um, inventory of the relationships that you have with the people around you. But it's so necessary for your growth. I think a lot of times we struggle as people when it comes to cutting the ties 
of those people that have negative impact or that create negativity within our lives. We struggle to cut the um, the cord of people that bring toxicity to our lives. And so we do have to look at, at our relationships. Are you bringing something positive or negative to my life? Are you an asset? Are you a liability? And it takes some honest, it takes some um, honest viewpoint. It takes truth about your situation. Now, some of our difficulties, I mean, you can have a toxic relationship within your family. What do you do with that? Very true. What if the what if the uh, the toxic relationship is is with your moms, with your dads, with your brother? What if, how do you sort of cut the cord? It takes it takes a sense of strength, Kevin. That that a lot of people, it's hard work for a lot of people to be able to say like, I am going to put myself first. Right. I'm going to put myself in a better position to win. And I can't do that with you because you are weighing me down. Yeah. People are either going to lift you up or hold you down. People are either going to encourage you or discourage you. People are either going to invest positivity into your life or sow seeds, sow weeds and sow roots of negativity that will hold you down and stop you from achieving your passions, your dreams, your goals, your objectives. And so we have to be honest in how we see these people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And one of the things that, that's going on now, and, and it's kind of funny how you look at this, is during you know this time where we've had to practice social distancing and there's been restrictions on travel and you know you've kind of been confined at certain times to you know that basically your individual household there have been many people that you may not have been able to go see or even let's say that people that you work with that you may be home now working from home and you're you're not in the workplace and you've been able to do without those people without issue at all yet there's some people within your circle like you're physically and emotionally hurting because you're not able to connect with those people and whether if if it's through a FaceTime call or you know sharing a text message or you know a lot of people are doing prayer calls just you having the opportunity to connect with certain people whether it's family members close friends or whatever the case may be the energy that they give you picks you up and it boosts your your energy for the day it makes you feel good i know me from my situation you know i there's a lot of family members that I've, I've been disconnected with um prior to what was going on here and now we've grown more connected because we've been able to talk and share stories and share conversation but there's a certain segment of people that i really have not connected with as much and I'm not missing it yeah. and that lets me know from a, a, a asset and a liability standpoint that you know those people for whatever reason there's no love lost but they were not benefiting or helping me grow now some people you know I realized that I haven't been in contact with and then I started dialoguing with them again 
And it's like, wow, you know what? I, I actually missed being able to converse with you on certain levels. But you also have to be careful with how you place certain people. So, you know, you may have a certain segment of people within your life that are good for entertainment. So if you want to be casual, you want to laugh, you want to joke around, this is the group of people that I'm going to associate with. Then you also may have your your, your sports group of friends or something like that, who you, you'll talk sports with and things like that. But that's typically the gist of the conversation. And then you have, you know, a certain segment of people that you get involved with that regardless of the conversation topic, you can leave the conversation energized. I know with Aaron and I, whenever we get an opportunity to bounce ideas off of each other, um, the conversations are always stimulating. You know, I, I leave the conversation feeling enlightened and feeling like, you know, we've actually progressed and even gotten to a point where, you know, if we put this stuff in, in books, you know, people 50 years from now will be able to move mountains and change their lives Absolutely. based on some of the conversations that we've had. So when we're talking about the circle around you, do, do that evaluation of the people that you are keeping around you and, and do the evaluation that I did. Like, who are the people that during this you know pandemic that you want to call it, that you haven't really had much contact with? And you haven't missed them, you know. What they? Yeah, go ahead. Were they really adding value to your life? It's a, it's a, it's a weird place to sort of be to have to evaluate relationships, especially as we get older into our twenties, thirties, and forties, because relationships almost fall off, and we tend to hold on to people a bit too long as we get older. But. We have to have a set standard when it comes to our relationships. You should have an expectation of when you connect with someone, you should have an expectation of of, of really just sharing the what's the word I'm looking for? The um when you meet them, when you speak to them, you should walk away feeling as if they invested positivity into you, that you did the same thing for them. It should be a mutual transaction. That should be an expectation with relationships. If you have relationships with people and when you come in contact with them, that you always feel emotionally bankrupt. Right. That's the problem. If you feel like they're always withdrawing from your heart and you don't get any of theirs. Givers and if they're always taking your time, but you don't get any of their energy. That's a sign that you need to cut these people off because they're not investing into you. But Kevin, it's almost as if sometimes we become, we're so addicted to the pain. We're so addicted to self-sabotaging something positive because we lack belief. We lack, we lack um, belief in self. We lack belief in others around us that we can that we actually deserve something positive. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, I, I agree a lot, a hundred percent, a thousand percent. And the, the other part, just to, to go a little further, what it is is that we handcuff ourselves to titles rather than yeah. the actual substance of the relationship. So a lot of times, because someone is, you know, a a father, a mom a grandfather, an uncle, an aunt, you know, a cousin, we say, 
you know, I've known this person since I was this age. You know, I love this person. This person has done wonderful things for me. But then when you actually start that tally and you look, you're like, you know what? Maybe this relationship isn't as great as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't seen this person in, in three years and they haven't even reached out to me. But then when you see him at a funeral or if you see them at, you know, a family gathering, yes, it's going to be a, a, a love from an embracing standpoint. But what do you really have to talk about? Do they really know you? You know, just because they've been in your life for such a long time, people often mistake, you know, the longevity of a specific relationship. And that automatically means that the relationship is, you know, still where you're not going to be able to break it. And in fact, there are many kinks in those long-term relationships because there aren't, there isn't any conversation. So that kid that you were and the adult that, that you are now are not the same person because we know from ourselves that, you know, we don't even look the same as we did 10 years ago, let alone if we were, you know, an adolescence or, you know, in a, a younger age. So, you know, your brain isn't thinking the same. So this person that you are adoring and loving and investing time in who's probably hurt you or ignored you or isn't adding any value to your life, you're still giving them the same admiration, the same time, the same energy you're investing. And that's not a two-way street. And just slowly transitioning just from family, because I don't, you know, I want anyone to think that we're, we're bashing any specific family members because this is from personal, but also a general thing that a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to. But let's just talk about um, from an outside, like a business standpoint, yeah. Aaron, where we, you know, you have specific people who always, if you know, everybody always has a business plan or per se a business uh, proposal or dream. And then when you actually start talking to them about, well, what, what do you really want to do? How are you going to accomplish this? Who are the people that you have around you that are going to help you accomplish that goal? Oftentimes, you get silence because you almost thrown a curveball to that thought process. So in, in, your, in your line of work and your experiences, you know, dealing with people in the business world, how has the exposure of the weaknesses in their teams been when you've had to tell them and talk to them or you've been able to figure that out? You know, it's, it's I found in the world of business, in the corporate culture, that the same thing that we do in our personal lives when it comes to reevaluating and reorganizing our environment and doing an emotional inventory of the people in our lives, the same principles exist in the world of business. We have to, um, even when it comes to our jobs, our, our positions, I meet so many people that say, you know, hey, I like my job. Well, do you? Well, and they have to question whether or not they like their job. Like, well, I liked it when I first started, but that was 10, 10 years ago. Right. Is your job feeding you in the same way that you believe it is, that, that you believe it truly is? Mm -hmm. And we it's, it's healthy to do 
evaluations is help you do inventory of current situations. Um, one of the things I think that really helps when it comes to organizing your environment, especially with people, and if you're a leader within your workplace, I try to put people in positions of strength. Yes. I want to put them in positions of strength. A lot of corporate models try to build up the weaknesses of their workers. And so they spend so many, so much time of training. I'm going to bring you from your low place to your high place. And I'm going to bring you from the bottom to the top. I look at it almost the flip side. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to put you in your position of strength to give you the confidence that we can continue to work on the things that you feel you're not as sharp at. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna put somebody to, with you. Yeah, or put somebody yeah. pair you off. Like, okay, you may not be good at this, but I'm gonna put, you know, this person that that's in your your department that's gonna be able to feed off of you. And I think that that's key. Um, they're finding a good partnership so that both parties can benefit from it. Absolutely. And and, and it could be it could it could be training. It could be something even as I as a leader or a manager, um I can help, you know, with some of their um, some of the, the tools that they may not feel as strong in. And then in turn, I can learn something from them. And that's where the leader as a leader, what you do is transactional. You don't just lead. You don't teach and not learn. Right. You do both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you go, go ahead. Yeah, I used something um, before what they call it the triad model um, where, you know, it's three people. And each of them brings something different to the group. So regardless of title, you know, it can be someone on a director level with their manager and their supervisor. Each individual will bring something different to the meeting, to the group, so that we all can kind of feed and bounce ideas off of each other. And Absolutely. Yeah, each one will own a specific task. So, you know, me as the... Um, let's say I'm the leader of the specific program. I will speak specifically on the organization. And then I will have maybe a supervisor speak specifically on what are the the tasks of, among us that we need to figure out. And then we'll have someone that becomes the expert of how we're going to execute this. And then collaboratively, each of us will teach the other one about the other parts of the process um or you know another aspect it can be one part is um if you have a business so you have one person that's going to handle the reporting and the finance side then you have someone else who's going to handle the the marketing and the public relations side and then you have someone else that's the actual creator of the content so each of the three parties is necessary and they all are teaching and learning from each other yet I'm not going to step on your toes if you're the creator and my job is to handle the, the finances and, and do the reporting. So that that's, a, you know, a model that's, you know, used in the business world. But you also may want to use that in your personal lives. Absolutely. You know, I was just going to say like it because the principles remain the same. I, I use a um, since I work with a lot of youth in in, in a uh, environment of diversity, inclusion, people of different backgrounds from different nations. I talk a lot about being a piece of the puzzle. Now, granted, I may hold the position. I may have the uh, the title of leader, 
but really I'm just a piece of the puzzle. And in in everybody that is within the room, everybody that's within the atmosphere is necessary for the bigger picture. Definitely. And no no piece is greater than the other piece. We're all trying to fit this thing together. And that same principle extends not only in the business world, but like you said, also at home. Also at home, the same principles, how you manage the people in your house. How you manage yourself within your house? Yes. Do you see yourself as an as a um, as an asset? Do you see yourself as an asset or liability? Once you can see yourself as an asset, then you have a better vision of seeing others as assets or liabilities. Once you can see yourself as a useful piece of the puzzle, then you can see how the other people around you fit within the bigger picture. Yes. Everything starts with self. How do you view you in terms of organizing your environment the first person you have to organize is yourself and then you move on to the other people around you and you branch off and then one of the key things there too as you said um, when you're doing that self-analysis and figuring out what are your assets now what you have to do is you know what am I really bringing to the table so do you have multiple assets so all of the assets that you bring to the table may not be necessary depending on the environment that you're in. And this is where you start putting together that, that super team to make you successful. I mean, the, the whole goal in, in this power leadership movement, in addition to helping release the power within you, is to help your powers that you release from within you bounce off of people around you so that each one of you and within our realm, each one of us is able to then lift the other one up. And in the event that something happens, which things happen and someone's falls, we're right there as the supportive crutch where no one will truly fall because we all are stable and we're able to be each other's crutches. And that's a key component of what we're trying to do here. It's not us necessarily being able to mold you to be a leader, or it's not us being able to get on a podium or get on a podcast or to speak in front of a crowd and spew knowledge that we have. The, the goal in this is to produce leaders that can produce leaders so that as a whole, we become stronger. Absolutely. It's the power that we each hold within ourselves. I think that's one of the main steps, Kevin, that people get stuck on. Like, do you see yourself as an asset or a liability? Great question. Like, like when you said it, it, it's, it, it, it always goes back to self and you have the power as an individual. If you see yourself as a liability, you have the power to change that today make the you have the power to change that to make that decision to make that choice because I can tell you right now I can tell you if, without even knowing you I can tell you that you have gifts and talents on the inside of you that are assets Definitely. you have passions you have drives you have dreams you have all those things that someone else needs that someone else needs in order for them to grow but we have to change our mind to how we see ourselves 
once we change our mind, how we see ourselves, once we organize ourselves within our environment, that's when we can really organize our environment that would better serve not only ourselves but others. And so that's my question. That's that's a huge question that I have to ask, you know, myself daily and and in doing um evaluation of how I am, how I'm doing. Am I an asset or am I a liability? Yeah. What am I bringing to the table? Yep. And as you figure out what your assets are and what your liabilities are, that's going to help you go find and figure out who do I need around me that can help fill those voids that I do have. Yep. So as you organize your environment from a personal standpoint, you then have to organize your environment for your team. And that's how you become the, the, the global impact that you can become. So absolutely. And everything we do, it's going to start with self. Organize that personal environment. Get your headspace clear. Do the things that you need to do to work on you. Then as you work on you, now you want to connect and help certain people find their assets so that you can build yours off of what they can do. And as you build your team, which becomes your family, you can then go out into the community and that great idea that you have, that great purpose, or just showing that camaraderie between you and your team can then influence another community of people. And then you guys can come together and you can build something stronger. And as you build that, there's another group that will be influenced and it can keep going and keep building until you get to a point where we're showing that we're actually changing the way we all view and look at each other. So now when we see someone, we don't see someone for color or race yeah. or religion or sexual preference. You know, what we look at, we look, is this person going to be an asset or a liability to the greater good of what I'm trying to do? Yep. And if that person's a liability, it's okay. They may be a liability for that moment. And it may be somebody that you can help along the way, or you may just not be able to work with that person, but it's not a crime that you can't work with that person. And, and that's where, you know, we, we want to, you know, get people to start thinking, you know, that analyzing you first, it can cause such a great impact. So, yeah. um, you know, Aaron, with all, you know, the great thoughts that we've been able to share, um, you know, I know that, pending the next two weeks we have some a little bit of a change of pace on the episodes but it's still going to be on task with you know youth and leadership and development but we're going to acknowledge you know our 2020 grads um because there's a there you should be acknowledged and in this you know crazy times you know there's a lot of you know good words that you would need of encouragement and then following that you know we're going to be looking at um tackling a, a very interesting um, leadership um, portion and that's going to be the um, impact of the fathers leading in the household yeah I'm excited about these next two episodes um, I think that with each with each episode we're building and that as we build our episodes are getting better and better and so these next two episodes we're going to be speaking to the heart of our community the the future of this world but also the um the fathers 
you know, and, and, and in speaking to the fathers, we hope to really change some perspectives on some of the men out there. And so, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about these uh, these these topics and start, you know, really empowering the people. All right. Another great episode in the books. And I'm going to close us out. And um, thank you, as always, for listening to this Power Leadership Movement podcast. We're growing. You're growing. We want you all to be empowered and walk in the power that is within you. Yes. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Be well. Good night.